another quiet month. But we interview David Fix. And we interview Pinball Expo's Rob Burke. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine. And uh, just to clarify, David Fix is the executive vice president of American Pinball. And I'm joined here with... I'm Martin Ayob, and I'm the editor of Pinball News. And uh, I'm joined with Jonathan, so we can look back at all the events which took place in the month of May 2022. Yeah, and, the uh, uh, pinball industry-related events, that is. Uh, we're not going to discuss the news or the war in the Ukraine. Well, I don't know. It, it was a quiet month in the pinball world, so maybe yeah. we'll, uh, we're going to... No, 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 don't have time for that, no, sorry. No, no yeah. quite right. There's okay. strictly pinball, and uh, we have... Well, even though it was relatively quiet, we do have a, a good number of things to get through, and there's been uh, been some interesting developments. And, yeah. and of course, as I, I said just now, we got two exclusive interviews with David Fix from American Pinball and Rob Burke from Pinball Expo. And of course, the two of them work together on Pinball Expo, so uh, some crossover there as well. Yes. And there's more than more about that later. Right. So let's kick off with Stern Pinball. Um, yes. Well, yeah, interesting news at the beginning of the month where they had a, uh, a sort of uh, flooding of the factory, which eventually turned out to be a burst water pipe under the factory floor. And yeah, originally um, I think people thought it was, oh, they might have thought as well, that it was caused by um, a rain from outside or a local stream or river overflowing. But uh, no, as you say, it turned out that there was a, a burst water pipe under the factory floor in an area by the seating area, where if you've ever been in the factory, it's where they all sit and have their lunch, right. uh, all those people who are uh, working on the, on the production line. Any chance you think this was a hint to, uh, to, to, to a future game like Tsunami or something like that? Well, I didn't see any uh, any shark fins swimming around in the water, but you never know. Um, anyway, they soon had it repaired, and uh, the only sign now is that there's a, a small hole in the in the floor near that area with some uh, some barrier tape around it to stop people falling in, falling in the um, the two inches deep hole that it is. So uh, anyway, that's yeah. uh, that's as exciting as it got at Stone Wall, Except there were a whole bunch of other stories though, which we can report. Yeah, so do tell, do tell. Okay, well, um, Stern have been busy exhibiting at the Craft Brewers Conference, which was held this uh, this year in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. They had four uh, of their, their latest machines there, Mandalorian, Godzilla, Avengers, and Rush. And, uh, of course, pinball in barcades is a, is a big thing around the world, and particularly in the U.S., uh, at uh, not just barcades, but also at brewers' uh, tap rooms. So uh, a good tie in there, and I think those four titles would would be very appealing to bar operators and to brewers. Right. Okay. Um, Stern also released a uh, a making of Godzilla video on their uh, YouTube channel um, that came out just around the time that we uh, recorded our uh, previous uh, podcast. So uh, I don't think we mentioned it then. So if we uh, didn't. Now you know, well. Now you know. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I'd say um, see see how they develop the mechanisms and um, each of the team members' uh, interests in the in the theme. It was uh, particularly interesting to me to see how how large the moving building mechanism is. You 
you don't actually realise it when you see it in the game, but it is pretty massive. Probably, the, <laughs> I would say potentially the, um, alongside maybe the Doctor Who um, transported um, time expander device, um, one of the biggest mechs, single mechs in a, in a pinball machine. Yeah, but uh, I'm willing to be proved wrong. Yeah. So, um, oh well. Um, speaking of uh, uh, Godzilla. Uh, that game got nominated at the uh, Licensing International Excellence Award, but apparently it lost out to Elmo. Yeah, I don't actually know what Elmo was was used for in that particular uh, license, but um, because the organisers haven't posted a list of who the winners were or even who the nominees were on uh, either the social media or on the website, despite, uh, despite me having a good look, I couldn't find any details of it, but... Uh, Anyway, it's, uh, it was a good good use of the license by Stern. I think everybody agrees that, and uh, and a good game came out of it as well. So uh, um, let's hope the Elmo product, whatever it was, was even better than Godzilla. Right. Okay. Well, uh, uh, else uh, maybe this is an indication that if Stern is so keen on winning that award, they should do an Elmo themed pinball machine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's about time. We haven't had one of those ever. Yeah, and there's probably a good reason for that. Uh, well, if you want to tie the youngsters, the really youngsters, <laughs> into pinball, what better uh, than a Sesame Street pin? Well, that's a question you, you could ask uh, of George Gomez, and uh, I think you have been asking him uh, a question, haven't you? Yeah, well, uh, actually, I have been asking him two questions, which uh, uh, could be um, uh, sent in to uh, the super awesome pinball show who uh, were planning an interview with George and since then have recorded and published that uh, in two parts. It's a, ve- <coughs> excuse me, a very in-depth uh, interview. Mm. And indeed, two of my questions were um, uh, answered by George in that interview. The second one was about his uh, very stylistic handwriting, uh, which apparently turned out not to be such an original question as more people ask about that. Mm-hmm. And um, But I also asked uh, whether George or any of the other uh, designers at Stern Pinball were going to take over um, the, the either the license or the design that Steve Li- Ritchie left with the company when he left in, uh, I think, August of mm-hmm. last year. That's right. For Jersey Jack Pinball. Yeah, uh, where he left for the uh, for Jersey Jack, and um, um, I got the feeling that it was uh, I'm not sure whether George was very serious when he was answering that, or uh, I got the feeling he more jokingly said that Steve's design was out the window or something like that. I'm paraphrasing uh, paraphrasing here, so mm-hmm. um, not quoting George, but. Uh, to me, it felt like he said it jokingly, but since then, uh, other uh, uh, parties have reported it as that basically uh, that design is out the window and that George is doing a, uh, a game design from scratch, uh, which could be the case, uh, but maybe he was joking and then it's not the case, or maybe he's just doing some tweaks to Steve's design and, oh well, we'll find out. And... Um, uh, other rumor is that um, uh, the name of that theme had been rumored uh, more and more, uh, or had already been rumored, and is sort of uh, confirmed as being James Bond. Yes, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard that theme go around for uh, actually quite a couple of years, uh, Stern having that license. And, um, oh, well, it, uh, it could be an interesting theme if you are able to get the right assets, I suppose. Yeah, that's always going to be the problem. It could be so many different versions, too many different actors um, involved. Um, and it was at least the same production company, but, you know, what do you what do you cover? Do you cover this, the last the last movie, which was the, uh, the Daniel Craig one? Um, but that was the last last time you'll be playing James Bond. Or right. then, if you go back through, you know, I don't know how many James Bond movies there are. Twenty five, the last twenty five movies. You, you've got to get license sign off on all the actors who have been in there, and you know it's a bit of a nightmare as uh, as well as the music. You know, without even going into that. Right. So. Um well, what's interesting, or could be interesting, if we if we just focus on the theme of uh, James Bond, um, I uh, tend to visit the um, uh, casinos here in the Netherlands uh, quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Not so much that I have an addiction, but it's just... Uh, <laughs> no, 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 of course not. No, no. Uh, <laughs> just for fun. Uh, just for fun, and, uh, well, it's a nice evening out with my girlfriend, so... Um, on the uh, well, they got two two areas uh, in the, in the slot machine area. There is a uh, James Bond slot machine in two versions: a yeah. uh, a Sean Connery one uh, themed around Goldfinger, and a Goldeneye one with um, yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Um, mm-hmm. But in all fairness, um, it's mostly. Uh, if you play those games, and and I have, it's mostly the branding of uh, James Bond, and there's very few clips from either movie. There's just a couple of scenes which are even hard to recognize that they are from that movie. But um, there's there's not much James Bond ish going on in that that James Bond. Uh, slot machine, so I'm not sure whether that's an indication of what to expect for the pinball machine. I think it might be a bit harder to get away without using, you know, large quantities of assets in a pinball machine. Um, these days, we're, we're given uh, the other type of, uh, of games you're going to be up against, which have, you know, you're <laughs> up against you know, Guns and Roses with all the assets they get from that. Well, if you but but Stern have uh, dealt with that before. If you look at to Jurassic an Park, yeah, yeah, Jurassic Park had no assets from whatever movie, and they created it all by themselves. So true. You never, yep. We don't know what direction they are going to take and what assets are available. But if it's similar to that slot machine, uh, then they have a big task ahead of them. Mm. Okay. Well, let's see if they even, even pursue that, or whether they've gone in a completely different direction. Right, so uh, and it, it also remains to be seen if if, if Steve left in August, um, um, how long would George need to design a completely new game? I mean, as busy as he is as vice president of game design, um, and as talented as a designer as he is, uh, could he do it in less than a year with the next Cornerstone game coming out in August? Mm. Yeah, of I'd course, have thought so, but um, it's it's. Uh it depends whether they can they can use the work they've done on the game up until now on assets, you know, whether they can use the sound clips and, and video clips that they they might have developed, or even even got that far. You know, right. they may may have uh, 
pulled the plug on it much, or Steve may have left, shall I say, before we even got to it, to that that level of detail. Right. So and um, oh well, we'll see. Um, um, uh, well, and speaking of themes, possible themes um, that uh, Stern might be doing. Uh, Venom is one of the rumored themes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. c- uh, comic book. Um, uh, Stern also posted a, uh, a photo of Seth Davis and Gary Stern with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog um, uh, from uh, from Sega. Um, and uh, later on in our interview with David Fix, he will comment on whether, uh, as far as he knows, Stern has that license, yes or no. Mm. So. Yes, I, I didn't see that, and uh, I had to look for it earlier. I couldn't find it. I don't wonder if it's if it's still there, or whether it's been uh, removed. Right. Okay. Um, I'll see if I can include it in my newsletter then. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you got a a grab of it while it was there. Right. Um, okay. And um, well, sp- speaking of things that are difficult to um, uh, um, what's the word confirm, uh, confirm indeed. Yeah. Um, I'm just putting this out there as a rumor, which I heard yesterday, and I have been looking to uh, get it confirmed. But apparently, um, at least overseas distributors from Stern have been informed that the upcoming titles will see a price increase of $500. Um, I'm not sure whether that's the case for US distributors, uh, I couldn't find anything on it on uh, uh, any of the uh, the media that usually reports on this kind of stuff. Um, so please take it with a, a, a grain of salt, um, as it is not confirmed. But it sounded very serious, and the source—I'm I'm not questioning the source that told me, um, as it was a close source to uh, one of the overseas distributors. So. Mm. Um, if you have a game on order, apparently uh, CERN did that already once, uh, uh, cancel your order, and then you have to reorder it again at the new price, and something like that could be happening again. Be a bit worrying if you've uh, if you've got a, a pre-order or a back order on uh, on a stern outstanding stern game. That, uh, but um, the question is when that's going to when that's going to kick in if it does kick in. You're right, so uh, um, don't be alarmed, but um, uh, I'm just reporting on what I heard, and sure. usually we don't cover uh, uh, rumors or gossip or anything like this, but uh, this sounded very reliable, oh, so I figured okay. I'd mention it. Yep, good. With, good with in-between question marks and all the warnings, don't, this is not an official communication that we received or seen, so. Okay, right. Moving on then to um, new go- code from Stern. Oh yes, let's not not forget about the new code. As you would expect, their uh, their most recent games are still getting uh, big updates. The uh, the current title Rush has had two from uh, bringing 0.96 and 9, 0.97. 0.96 was quite a big change with new wizard mode and the accompanying challenge mode. Um, new um, secret. Inside a connected feature, lots more achievements and um, lots of rule changes and bug fixes. And whereas Godzilla has gone from uh, has had updates 0.4, uh, 0.96, which uh, brought new Monster Zero and Terror of Mecha Godzilla mini wizard modes. Oh. Yeah, and new music for those as well. 
which uh, both both uh, tracks have been added to the uh, DJ mixer, which uh, is the thing that you can you can play just the music from the game on at uh, from the start menu um, or gameplay menu, I should say. And uh, some changes to some rules for some of the modes, um, a bunch of um, adjustments, and some the usual bug fixes. And uh, those are the uh, the code updates from Stern for May. Right, okay. Um, on a personal note, if I may add, uh, yesterday I was at the uh, Dutch Pinball Museum, uh, which was uh, technically closed, uh, but I had a, uh, a meeting there with Rob Burke, which we'll mm-hmm. get into uh, later on. And the reason I bring that up right now is, um, once Rob Burke left, um, I was actually able to play a number of recent Stern games that I played at uh, shows, but then you're always in a rush and distracted, mm-hmm. and there's lots of sounds. And now I had basically the entire museum to myself, so could uh, dive into uh, uh, Rush and Mandalorian and a couple of other games, um, uh, which was actually great. So uh, and um, um, Mandalorian at first didn't appeal to me that much, but I'm um, uh, after yesterday uh, starting to like it more and more. Okay, growing on you then. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, moving on. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, let's get to American pinball, and that will uh, lead us nicely into uh, the first hour interviews. But um, they've also been busy uh, in in appointing um, Stephen Sprawker as a, a new purchasing manager. They uh, on a bit of a hiring spree ever since David Fix joined the company. Um, Right, he, and well, J- David will address that in his uh, interview as well. Absolutely, but he's uh, yeah, that's that's just one of the most recent appointees, and uh, I think we can look forward to, to some more coming along before too long. But I've um, also I've, um, got um, um, Steve Bowden there, of course, uh, Stephen Bowden, who's a, uh, a world class player, and he was uh, taking part in the IPA. 17 championships, which were held at uh, the Pinball Asylum in Fort Myers in Florida. Right. And um, I think American Pinball, well, he was posting a lot of uh, updates on the American Pinball social media feeds, talking about uh, how he and uh, Jeff Teolis, I think, were, uh, I think they were a team, weren't they? they were playing in a doubles team or something like that? Could be, yeah. Yeah. So, sort of uh, representing the company. Yeah, and Stephen was also playing in the Epstein Cup, um, which is the uh, European-US challenge, which right. the US won uh, handsomely this year. Uh, yeah. So congratulations well, to I them. I didn't participate, so... Uh, well, obviously, that's uh, why it wasn't a walkover. Um, but... Um, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Always welcome. <laughs> So, but anyway, um, yes, uh, so um, uh, David Fix indicated he'd like to come on the show. Uh, we recorded that interview uh, earlier, and um, let's take a listen to that now. Yes, David's got a lot to tell us, so uh, let's, let's hear from him. So we're joined now live with uh, David Fix, who's the Executive Vice President of American Pinball. Uh, welcome, David. Hey, hello, Martin. Hello, Jonathan. How are you guys? We are doing excellently, I think. Thanks very much. Um, Thank you for asking, How are yes. things going over at American Pinball? Well, things at American Pinball are going very well. Uh, it's been a very busy first year so far. I mean, we were at Texas. Um, we, we 
trying to keep the lines of communication open for everybody so that they understand what we're doing at American Pinball being pretty much open so that everybody understands what we're trying to do. And uh, we're just trying to help everybody uh, continue to build these games. And trust me, there's supply chain issues are still there, but we're working through them as best we I'm, can. I'm sure they are. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on those uh, a little later. But um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you first of all about was the, uh, the American Pinball American Dream contest which you announced at Pinball Expo last October. And uh, just as a recap, that was for homebrew and, um, I guess, custom game designers who who would like to, like to have their game um, brought to production by American Pinball. Correct. And the idea being that they will bring it along to Pinball Expo this year and take part in the contest with the, the winner being uh, adopted by American Pinball to, to produce the game commercially. Now, since then, you've of course um, you've you've um, hired uh, Ryan McQuaid, who's also a um, a well-known homebrew designer with his his Sonic title. More about that a little later. And of course, he worked with um, the Riot Pinball team as well, who uh, to bring Legends of Valhalla. So, I'm kind of thinking you've already sort of cherry picked some of those um, homebrew game designers. Uh, before the contest has even uh, sort of culminated, uh, is it's still going ahead in uh, in October at Expo, though, is it? And are people still still invited to bring their games? Absolutely, absolutely, they're still invited. Um, the full details of the American Dream Challenge is on the Pinball Expo webpage. You can go right there. You can also send uh, an email to dreams at americanpinball.com. And uh, we can go over some more of that information with uh, those who put that in. Listen, uh, American Pinball Dreams, this whole dream challenge, this, this, this personnel of new designers has been a, 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 a pet peeve, not a pet peeve, but a personal project for me because – I was at Expo, you might remember this, Martin, we, we brought in um, all these young guys who were designing young games 10 years ago, if not more now, uh, when little companies like uh, Fast Pinball, back then was called Skillshot, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Multimorphic were making their first waves into the thing. And then we had... You know, I remember some of the games. I mean, I saw Nightmare Before Christmas back then. Mm -hmm. I saw The Muppets. I saw Tattoo Mystique. I saw Future. Um, it wasn't Future Spa, but it was something spa. But, you know, I saw all these young people, young guys, young game designers, let's just say. And some of them weren't so young. But anyway, I saw these creative people enjoying what they did. And they're really showing us some beautiful work. Some, um, some innovative work and some of innovative work. As well. Yes, yes. And you know what? I, I mean, I'm not knocking knocking the establishment, not at all. But uh, these guys are not young <clears throat> that are there. I mean, we have Dennis. I mean, he's our senior game designer. He loves the idea of working with young people. He knows a ton of information. He wants to work and share his knowledge with these young designers. And um, you know. I mean, I know Steve Ritchie, a good friend, just went over to JJP, but he's not young. He's a few years younger than Dennis, but, you know, and, uh, you know, some of these guys may want to retire at some point. So I look at this as like, you know, Steve Kordak in the 80s was looking for his replacements, right? So he, he 
went out and found people like Barry Osler and um, um, a bunch of people. Steve Ritchie came in from Atari at the, around that time frame. So, you know, we have to keep looking at the industry of like, we have to continue to build what we love, but we have to make sure we have uh, a pedigree or something that's going to continue us into the future. So opening this challenge was kind of a, a dream of mine uh, to be able to bring young designers together and have a little competition. Just to to uh, sh- talk about the competition, to, to clarify for you, Martin, mm-hmm. they're going to bring their games in. They're going to they're going to set them up in the homebrew section, American Pinball's team and all the people in attendance will get to vote on which game they think is the best game. American Pinball has the right to first refusal to talk to that designer and negotiate their theme and their game. Okay. However, some themes, let's, let's say somebody comes out with a, you know, this, I'm making out Harry Potter. Well, unfortunately, that license is probably taken or is a, a, a dream license, but we could always work with that person kind of like Archer was to um, Keith Elwin. Keith yeah. Elwin, which then later became Iron Maiden, right? So, there is some of that that can happen, right? So we will definitely look at that um, and the package. Now, does that mean they have to have a game like Legends of Valhalla or Archer completely done, artwork, everything done? No, not really. You can have a thematic theme to the game. You can have some shots, some feel, some flow. You know, you can integrate. Does it have to be 100% done like Sonic? No. Listen, Sonic itself is, is is always morphing. If you ask Ryan, he's always working on it. It's one of his pet projects, right? So we continue to say, bring us your concept, your thoughts, and let's put them together and see how they look, right? So, okay. But so you are, you are definitely seeing homebrew game builders as the channel through which um, new talent can come into the industry but what about people who don't have the manufacturing capability you know the people who are designing virtual games on the computer uh, is there a sort of similar system for them to be able to bring a a virtual game to you and say look I've, I've done all the all the layout of this game I've programmed all the rules and the display the lighting and all that kind of stuff and and done shot placement so that it, it flows perfectly but i can't i don't have any means of actually building this game what Not a great this question year. it's a great question martin i love it and you know you, you're touching on an aspect that people are dealing with that you know and some there are some of those people so this year we're not going to do that let me think about that that may be something we might open up to to next year but the idea of that physical building you know I will tell you that uh, Ryan will say, and even Scott will say that, you know, you can lay out something, you know, on the graphics or on a video screen and it just works, right? There's ways to cheat it, to make it work and and make it flow right, so forth, programming wise. Um, It's another thing to have the physical form. So, but let me think about that. And that's a good question. And maybe we, maybe we'll extend that the year after or the year after that. We could always talk about that. But so I want, I'll tell you that, you know, there is a, a young man, not so young anymore, but uh, he was uh, John Norris, right? Mm-hmm. John Norris in 82, 83 designed a game called, um, I want to say it's uh, Tour La France or something like that, where he designed a whole thing about bicycle racing in France. 
And he went to Expo and he was sitting in the front row and he says, Hey, I'm a game designer. I designed this thing. And he he basically got on the on the um, the radar of Gottlieb at that point, which led to him getting hired by Gottlieb because he was a home brewer, right? He built this game, which I believe is true to France, where he put the shooter on the left side and everything's done on the left, and it's kind of interesting. And he designed that game by himself and brought it there, right? So there are other people who have done this in the past, who have done, you know, so it's kind of like not new, but it led to, um, you know, jobs for people. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of how Pat Lawler got into the the business, wasn't it? With his uh, Uh, Larry. Yeah, the wrecking ball. Yeah, Yeah, so quite right. So anyway, um, you mentioned about... um, about Ryan, and and you also mentioned about license issues, and of course um, Ryan is is well known for his his Sonic spinball game. Yes. Now um, there was some news is there anything about that. You can tell us, yes, um, is there anything you can tell us about the status of the Sonic license? Because I know there's, there's been a lot of rumor around that as to whether or not you have it or can get it, and whether the game can be made um, as it is, or whether it would need to be rethemed. So keep that in mind that all of those are really good questions and, I, and, I'll, and I'll pick at them and I'll pick on the ones I don't want to pick on. But I will tell you that, of course, when Expo and I made the announcement, I knew I've known Ryan for over two years. OK, so I saw Sonic Spinball in its infancy before uh, Pinball Expo Virtual. OK, so I was talking yeah. with Ryan back then. In fact, I was the one that, you know, we made sure that he got his video and the whole thing of what we've seen uh, on the radar at Expo back in 2000, good gravy, is that 2020 or 2019? I can't even remember. 19, 19, 19, 19, that, yeah. that was COVID. I, I can't believe it's been that <laughs> long ago. Um, so, you know, we saw that then and I saw potential. Then I went to American and I kept talking to Ryan quietly in the background saying, listen, get get uh, Sonic to Expo so we can. And, and, and at that time, you got to understand the company was trying to grow. And we were we were growing by leaps and bounds and we still are. We're growing very fast. Um, and it's, it's kind of great to have that uh, possibilities of, you know, games, you know, in such demand. Uh, our quality is so good, you know, and people love that about our games. And trust me, I, I take phone calls on people who have had problems with their games to ref- refine them. And those calls are like very small. But uh, we have a staff of people that are working on that, too, um, that always um, are working to make sure that everybody's problems are resolved fast. And we take care of that all the way back. In fact, uh, yesterday morning I had the, um, the service call. So it's just so that everybody knows, and I, I don't mean to go off on a tangent on this, but I'm just going to say that there's a service meeting uh, with the service technicians and the entire production staff every week. And every week we go through any of the service questions or service bulletins that have been brought up. And if it's something that has to have been missed by us, we take care of it immediately. If it's something that needs to be adjusted, we take care of it immediately. And we try to work through that so that, you know, and then we make it retroactive. We make sure that all the people who have the game out there in in location get the updates. And then we continue to support our games 100% because I don't want to play catch up. Like you did with Oktoberfest, for example. Yes, yes, yes. 
at Oktoberfest, and we did that for uh, Legends. All the Legends owners got an updated part. Um, we continue to send out updated parts to that, too. So we continue to just keep refining our game because we want to build the best game possible. Now, back to Ryan. Um, so I've known Ryan a long time. We brought him in. Um, we actually helped Ryan and got the Sonic game shipped to us at American, and then we brought it to Expo for him, and then uh, we made sure that he got it back. Uh, we had him at X at American. We sat down with him back in October. We started talking to him, and listen, the passion that Ryan brings, what he does with his work ethic, what he knows and how to do things was the number one reason we hired him. It wasn't because of Sonic and, and the other stuff, you know, like, you know, Keith, you know, Keith Elwin designed, you know, Archer and people in the industry saw the passion that Keith brought to the games and what he could do. Right. So I see the same thing with Ryan as being a rock star. Say, see the same thing with Scott Gullix, too, as this rock star. Um, and we have to work with them. Right. So. I immediately was like, listen, Ryan, we want to bring you on. We're working um, with the Sonic license. Uh, we've dealt with Sega already. We had already started negotiations and uh, we hired him. And when we went back to finalize things with uh, Sega, uh, we were told another company is already in front of you. And um, they ended up taking it. So <laughs> we were like, well, wait a minute, we started this. We did this. We, we presented our case. We presented everything Ryan had done so far, the following, everything. And they were like, uh, that's okay. Uh, we're going to go with this other company. Thank you. And I, I asked one question. I said, what's the other company? And they said, we can't tell you who the other company is. I said, well, can you at least tell me, is it Stern? They said, no, it's not Stern. So at that time, that's what was told to me. So is it Stern who has uh, Sonic? No. Now, that means through the back channels, uh, I am quietly still negotiating, trying to find the uh, person who has a license and maybe even try to see if I can go through the back channels to obtain the license. Uh, it's a little tricky, but uh, we continue to look at it. But the long term, the long term on this whole thing is, is that we really want Ryan. Ryan's the guy who has the passion. He's the one that took the entity. He's the one that took the, um, which I, I, I laugh, uh, I think of sometimes of um, Joe Kamikow talking about Star Wars, the blue cabinet one. Uh, there were no Star Wars movies. There had been no Star Wars things. Star Wars was a dead entity at that time and turned it into this great you know, game and, and it was sought after by a lot of people. Ryan took... Sonic had been, you know, there was a movie coming out, but that was way, be he had been working on this way before the movie was released, and basically drove this industry with people just loving uh, Sonic Spinball, that Ryan had taken this dead entity and made it into things. So for me, I can see the passion and what he brings to this and know that I feel sorry for anybody who's going to make the Sonic Spinball, that it's not Ryan, uh, because they have a big shoes to fill and you also have a public and collectors who know what sonic spinball is like and absolutely think you know it's like they have 
I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. You know, if they if they come in and be cheap about it, and they don't do it exactly the same, people are going to be you know, you, you, it's like being the second comedian on the stage, right? You you don't want to be the guy following somebody. So that's so, the, would ahead, you be in would you be in a uh, in a position to to work with whoever the other company is as a sort of cross um, collaboration? Yeah, yeah, collaboration with them. So. So Ryan's game, as it is, um, can go into production even if it's, you know, in a joint production with another company. Absolutely. Here's the thing: we're we're not dead, right? <laughs> There's not a game already out there. There's not something else already done. Um, American has kind of opened the doors. You know, we 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 work with other people. I mean, I'm I talk to guys at Stern. I talk to guys at uh, at uh, Jersey Jack. Uh, you know, I, I've been in the industry, you know, remember I'm a collector running, helping run Expo for over 20 years, right? Um, and uh, just being part of that family, I know these guys outside, you know, mm -hmm. so at the end of the day, I am not going to be shutting the doors and say, no, I can't do this. Listen, at one point, this is, this is crazy. I don't think I've ever pointed this out. At one point, the day before uh, Deep Root had uh, the niche issues. Um, <laughs> Robert reached out to me and said, "Hey, is there something we can do?" And I was like, "Let's talk about it." You know, that's that's an open door. We can talk about it. There's possibilities for manufacturing for, you know, Raza or whatever. I mean, you know. And then the next day, he was like, uh, "You know, I'm sorry, I didn't get to you sooner. Uh, here are the lawyers that are dealing with all this. Please deal with them." <laughs> so it's like. Okay, I, I, you open the door at the last minute, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know how you want me to deal with this, but, you know, it, it, you know, in the industry, remember that, you know, even me being passionate about pinball, it's just, you know, it's, it's a hobby to me that has turned into an industry, into a job, which I absolutely love. And it helped that working for innovation concepts for, you know, that period of time, the bubble hockey guys to know how arcade machines are made and working with them and all the, uh, you know, stuff that we brought together there. It's just, you know, it's good. it gave me the pedigree also working for David Busters for that good period of time, knowing what is in the industry and what, what makes money out there. So, um, kind of got off on another tangent here. But yeah, yes. yeah, it was, but, it was but, interesting. But, but, but yeah. Can I, just, can I just ask you before, before Jonathan uh, gets in, um, <laughs> just a, a little um, side question then about um, about working, even the potential of working on uh, on Raza um, after everything that went down when American people started working with uh, John and Zidware on Magic Girl, <sighs> you would still consider working with uh, with basically the same team. Um, on um, on Raza. Um, I mean, it's all hypothetical, of course. It, but, it's all uh, hypothetical. At, listen, at that time, listen. You know, I've known John for many, many years. Okay, I knew him from back. Uh, there was this company called Ice that I worked at that he was working at at one point. You know, so um, listen. I know John is is a passionate and has a, a creative mindset. But uh, it is tricky to work with him. Um, so I, I don't mean to say tricky. I mean to say more like it's it it it, it has its um, 
pitfalls and it has challenges. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It has its challenges. Um, but I look at this is that, um, that uh, he worked at Williams, and the reason he got the games out from Williams was because of the talented staff that was put around him, right? I mean, think about it. There are challenging people out there like Python Angelo who were, were a wild man, but he changed the industry, okay? He changed the industry in the way he did things. John uh, Papaduke changed the industry on the way he did things with uh, Theater Magic and uh, Circus Voltaire and uh, World Cup Soccer and uh, other games that he had worked on. I mean, there's, a, I think, a missing one or two in there. But, you know, that was a team that was around him. So any designer is only as good as the team around him, right? So, you know, Magic Girl was made as a contract manufacturer by American Pinball. It had nothing to do. So John basically said, this is how you build it. This is what I want. And we just did what he asked us to do. So it was contract manufacturing. It wasn't like he had a team around him, right? Um, if he had a big team and the right kind of team that managed together as a team, things could get built, right? So like Raza, I think, was brought in. Um, there was somewhat of a team around him, but it was a very young team. It had to be, you know, I, I think about it like Williams there was this giant team that had been building machines for many years and could deal with somebody like John Papaduke and bring a team and structure it around him. And trust me, Steve Kordak is the kind of guy who literally looked at, at uh, Papaduke and said, okay, you need this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, because he knew those people could, you know, work with John and make his dreams come true. So to that point, if Raza was completed and uh, it was something that was going to be contract manufactured by us. We probably could have done it for uh, Deep Root. Uh, I will tell you that since Deep Root's um, drying up of the roots, let's just say, <laughs> there is um, – I'm still in negotiations. I'm uh, still talking to the lawyers about the IP for all the games that were done. None of that has been put up for auction yet. None of that has been put out there. So that is – you know there. There was a ton of stuff that Robert had done for Deep Root. A ton of stuff, ton of IP, a ton of design work, ton of mm. other stuff that was. I'm I I continuously dig and find information about Deep Root, which I can't go into much detail. But I am amazed that if they could have had a manufacturing company that was manufacturing, they probably would have gotten out a ton of games. Uh, just knowing what IP they that is out there. Okay, so I'm cur currently quietly waiting to hear more about the IP and what is it, it's uh, worth. Uh, but it's a kind of a mess right now. So well, let's we'll sit back and wait and see what happens with that. But, okay, we'll stay tuned on that. Right? Yeah, stay tuned. Okay, now speaking of IP, and I may be taking this in a different direction than you uh, may expect. I, uh, I always expect that from you, Jonathan. So go ahead. Well, I have a reputation to keep up, so... <laughs> All down. Um, keep, keep down, yeah. So, um, when American Pinball um, sort of presented themselves for the first time at Pinball Expo, they showed a uh, uh, Houdini design by John Popperdewitt, which since then has been completely changed. 
I think there's only about like two inch of a of a ramp that is left of the design, and everything else is basically a new design. Um, but that's an IP that American Pinball already holds. Is there any chance that you would consider retheming that layout and using it for a future title? Anything's possible. In fact, those designs, that whole uh, paperwork, all that is designed have been sitting in my office. Uh, when we moved from Streamwood to our new location in Palatine on Hicks Road, a lot of stuff was just boxed up and, and, and we've been going through a ton of stuff. So the original design that was done by Papa Duke, the original Houdini, uh, that IP we do own. I have all the drawings now for that entire game in my office. And I would say, Jonathan, that nothing, nothing was used in um, the original Houdini or the second Houdini that we actually Joe's, put together. Joe's game. Yeah, Joe's game. Nothing. I didn't even think the ramp is the same. I've looked at the ramp. and that is uh, Two, two inch of the ramp. I think just the ending. <laughs> Maybe the flap that holds the ramp down. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's the same. <laughs> I mean, that's about two inches. I mean, for the most part, that entire design is completely different. But yes, I have the drawings for that that design. Can it be used down the road? Yes, that is in that is not that is in the arsenal. Who knows? Maybe. There might be a vault edition in three or four years. Spoiler uh, that maybe you know who knows. There may be a return to the uh, to, to Houdini's uh, revenge or something. I don't know. Um, there there's always possibilities. Um, there are so many different things, but that's us just you know navigating. Do we have a white wood of that? Yeah, we do. We have white wood for that. So um, in fact, I think we have the artwork done on the entire play field too, right. which was done ahead of time. So that, that game got pretty far. In fact, I think there's a copy of it floating around somewhere. I know there's a, a full version that's in some collector's house of the original Houdini that American put together. Um, I don't know what the status is or how far it's working, but I know it's out there. It's You, know, you can see the pictures in, on IDBP. Uh, I know that uh, our dear friend over there... Um, um, I can't Max. Huh? Max and the and company. Yeah, Max and company. Um, but definitely, and Jay Stafford all work very hard to make sure that um, that data and information is held. In fact, yeah. I think well, I have lots of pictures of that as well. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't know if you guys have noticed um, uh, the original drawing, which nobody's ever seen. Backlash hangs in my office of the original 2016 Houdini, which is not the the um, Papa Duke version, and it's not the version that we did, but it was the original drawing that was done up. I um, look forward to pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or when you stop by and I let you in the office, you can see my office. Uh, you can see it then. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, so we got an appointment. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know you guys are always welcome to come and um, tour the American Pinball Factory. Right. Okay. We shall take you up on that. Okay, so um, I'm going to do a little bit of a shameless um, um, request in this case. Uh, earlier, we touched on the American Dream Challenge, uh, which is held, and Martin touched on what if you're able to uh, design a game on a computer, but you know have no capabilities of building it uh, on your own, uh, and you need help with that. Well, I may be in that position right now. 
I know you're in that position because I've played that game uh, quite a few years ago at Expo. You know, everybody says, why do you go to Pinball Expo? Is it just because you want to play game? No, listen, I've played just about every pinball machine out there. And I go to, it's it's the people that are at the shows, the people that make the shows. That's why you go back. And, you know, there's these times when you have somebody like Jonathan who comes, says, David, I want you to play this game. So I played this game. Um, and I will tell you, Jonathan, it's a it's an interesting premise on a game. And I would say anybody out there who would like to work with Jonathan, reach out to Jonathan. He has a, a very unique layout, an interesting little um, thing that might work great for the American Pinball Challenge. And Jonathan, all you need is a team behind you. You know, you, you have this design. Um, it would be quite an interesting little plane. It's got a rule set already kind of developed. It's uh, it's it's something that could be definitely uh, contend a contender in the American Pinball Dream Challenge. So, call in all the rest of you, the game designers or guys who are homebrewers that want to work with somebody. You can work with the great Jonathan Joyster about building this game. And trust me, nowhere in the game does it say tequila. Okay, but it it, it does um, have all the rest of the stuff in it. <laughs> Hmm. It almost seems like you need you need to have a I don't know a forum or a, a sort of interchange somewhere where people who have got designs but no manufacturing ability can team up with people who've got manufacturing ability but no designs. And, Absolutely, and you know yeah. what? I hate to say it, but that's kind of like what Pinside is. You know, so all you need is somebody to start driving that. And in effect, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there is a forum. Um, and you can reach out to the guys at uh, Multimorphic, P-Rock. They have something. I know the Fast Pinball guys, Aaron out there, has something for the homebrewers to kind of unite. So, listen, I'm bringing all these people together here. I'm just kind of reuniting everybody to understand that don't, don't think you're alone. There are other people out there. I know there's a guy in Halifax, Nova Scotia, an old friend of mine, uh, John Greatwich, who knows how to make a play field. Okay, actually can print you a play field for your um, one-offs, for your uh, things. So maybe you guys can reach out to good old John. Um, there are many people out there in the industry or that been in this hobby for a long period of time that can be around there to help you. So reach out. You know, and Jonathan, you you shouldn't be ashamed either. Reach out to these guys and say, "Hey, listen, I'm I got this design." Far from ashamed. Uh, you're not ashamed. <laughs> no, far it's from it. Far from it. Right. You yeah. have a good design, and you got to definitely work with it. You know? I gotta, and I got to give you a, I got to give you your your, your your little hassle, just like you give me hassle. So that's <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Of course. So um, now back to um, to American pinball. Um, you mentioned the staff uh, at American Pinball, um, and if we have to believe the rumor mill, um, American Pinball staff has been slightly reduced. Um, with Josh Kugler no longer working there, is that correct? And is there anything you can say about it? Well, uh, the, the official line is that uh, in March, Josh and American Pinball separated, and that's that's where we're going to leave it at. Okay, so he's been gone since March. Um, we continually to build within our own staff. Uh, we have uh, many people who, and Josh, listen, Josh was one of the pioneering fathers. He helped out 
with American Pinball in its infancy. He worked on um, Houdini Oktoberfest. He did a lot of work on Hot Wheels and and worked on with uh, Legends of Valhalla. He will always be a member of the American Pinball team, uh, one of the original guys who worked on these games as much as Joe Balser was and so forth. And, you know, we, you know, as of March, there was a division and that's when uh, it happened. So, um, you know, and jo- and Josh has been in the industry, and he's a home brewer too, right? So I I I, I have a pro- I have a feeling that someday we'll see another game from him and or from teams. He is he's very passionate about his his creativity and what he does uh, and what he brings to pinball. Okay, so he's a great guy. He's you know we, you know it's just that he's not with us anymore. So moving on from there. Okay, right. now. Um obviously you don't want to lose staff because it's 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 increasingly difficult to to employ people these days isn't it, in the pinball industry um i think most most companies out there are currently looking for additional resources additional um, staff members to help them build games is that is that true at, at american as well we're always looking at people you know listen we are growing by leaps and bounds so i'm looking for mechanical engineers I'm looking for, you know, artists, um, you know, animators, you know, people who want to build games, final testers, you know, people who want to work in the, you know, have some solid work skills, right, that want to work in, in the lab, you know, building games, you know, testing games, um, you know, we're continuously looking for all kinds of personnel for the industry. The industry is growing, right? So, you know, when you grow, you may be with us. You may be going somewhere else. Listen, I know that we may be looking for a salesperson down the road, you know, because Steve Bowden is bouncing into more of the rules and programming. So there's, you know, here's a guy coming in from Deep Root who has a long pedigree and is continuously playing games uh championship wise. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm 100% behind Steve and uh, he he's... He has this mindset for rules, and uh, it blows us away when we sit down with it. And then we're integrating these rules with, you know, by the player's perspective. You know, it's it's different from di- where we've been in the past. So I'm kind of excited about having Steve on our team. Um, well, it, must, you must be. Else, why would you employ him? Absolutely. You know, I've you know, listen, I've known Steve Bowden for oh, good lord, is it? 10 years or more. So, you know, and he's, and he has that passion. He took that passion to that other company down in Texas. We were talking about a little bit ago and, uh, you know, bringing that passion to American pinball was a no brainer for me. So I was so happy about bringing him on. Um, and, 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 you know, I've heard some people refer to, you know, um, the good old days at Williams. Right. And listen, I understand that was 20 years ago. And I, I know that some of my competitors always say that, you know, you, you look back at that. Well, I look back at it just as um, to understanding where we need to go and build the quality games that everybody has come to know and love. Give them the quality support, but keep perfecting the game, right? Give us rule sets that are, you know, today's standards. Give us... Um, uh, a vision that uh, yeah, it's not it's not Williams, but it is you know a good foundation to build off of. 
right? You have to have a good foundation to build off your games. So I think that's one of the key points. And, right. uh, and personnel, personnel from if they're from Williams or Bally or or just fresh, you know, young designers who, you know, are taking the industry by the horns and and working with it and and bringing them together. That's that's the key point, you know. It's, and one one of the key things about building games, of course, is. Um, is the supply of parts, and that's been an issue for you and for every manufacturing company in the world, I think, over the past few years. I've heard various people say that the situation is improving now and um, more parts are becoming available and the price of, of shipping them and manufacturing them is coming down. What's your experience with that? It is improving, but slowly. Okay, so listen, when you're building games, it's, you know... There's a reason that you're running so many of these games, so many of those games, and running back because parts are getting tough, right? So, you know, there's delays in shipping. Are we like during the pandemic where everything was stopped? No, we're not. But are we moving forward? Yes. Is it as fast as we would like to do pre-pandemic? No. It is still slow. I mean, we sit down, and I use the plural tense, we, just so that people know that at American Pinball, and at other companies I've worked with, we have a production meeting on every Monday and Thursday to see where we are, what we're doing, and what little problems to optimize and to to get us the amount of machines we need to get out in the public, okay? And, you know, we sit down with ownership. Uh, we have two game lines. Uh, we just signed off on the third game line. So that will be installed shortly. So we're going to have three game lines producing, you know, three lines to produce as many games as we want. Um, are the orders there? Yes. Are the people buying games? Absolutely. Um, I have to say that out of uh, a ton of people, we get that uh, A-star quality because when they get a, an American pinball game, it is built American tough. Now, I can't say that because that's... <laughs> Tagline for a, a American car manufacturer, but yeah, you, you understand what I'm saying with that. But uh, but yes, has the um, has the uh, supply chains been a problem? Absolutely, they have not been easy. Um, so and they continue to be problems. I correct, guess. correct. And and you know what? They're they're listen. The demand is not just at American. It's the demand at my other two competitors or four competitors. And when they start building parts and start building up their lines, guess what? It puts a strain on all the rest of the uh, supply chain because, you know, hey, if I'm buying, you know, legs from one guy, somebody else is buying legs. So now I've got two or three people buying legs from the same guy. So it puts a little bit of a strain on us. Um, and, you know, personnel in itself is a supply chain issue, right? Mm. You know, if you know, if I had fifty people, uh, which you know we we have over fifty um, in the production area. But what I'm saying is, if we had another fifty, could I get another fifty games out? Probably. You know, it's but where are you going to get those fifty people? It's just like you know they don't. We are looking constantly. I mean, my HR. I have two HR people who are constantly going through resumes through. Um, applications all the time and uh we even have on american pinball's website there's uh if you go into the about us there's the hiring section so you can go right in there and click on it and you can 
fill out information if you want to get hired at American Pinball. So there, we continuously try everything to find personnel and also parts, just try to keep that in line. I, I look forward to the time very shortly when I can say the supply chain is now fixed and everything is flowing in and games are flowing out as fast as we can build them. And that would be absolutely awesome. Right. Now, speaking of uh, uh, personnel, since American Pinball and most of the other pinball companies are all in the Chicago area. Um, basically, that means you're competing with each other for the same personnel. To a is, point, yeah. Yeah, to a point. Um, is that a problem in the sense that uh, some companies might say, if you, uh, even if you're just a, a, a temp working on the line, uh, they will not allow you to work for another pinball company? Or is it not that harsh or is not being played that hard well just know that um yeah okay so you know, my competitors both have their own staffing companies so they have their own people that they're staffing through a staffing agency and so forth and we have our own staffing agency too so very rarely am i pulling you know joe off the line at stern to come work at american okay that's only if joe left that staffing agency went to my staffing agency told them hey i make pinball machines and they said okay come come work over at this place so that very rarely happens it does um mostly uh when it does happen it's more senior level people people who have been in the industry who are a little bit higher up um and you know they might have problems that they didn't want to work for this company anymore because they felt like they were uh, put off to a side, pigeonholed, uh, not being, you know, you know in, uh, being used to their fullest. And they, they're like, yeah, I could stay there for the rest of my life and never worry about it. Or I could make something in the industry and make a name for myself and change the things that I, I, I can contribute. Right. So unfortunately, uh, I will say that some of the other pinball companies have a very closed door approach to staffing sort of like uh, you cannot uh, get a meeting with certain personnel or people uh, or if you, if you talk to them they you know there's some other higher-ups they will say go through my secretary and go through the normal chain of command I have an open door policy you know I have it where everybody on the line has my business card with my cell number okay and they can call me if they have a problem and then I will deal with it with HR or I will deal with it where it needs to be and we promote within right so there are people there that have been there for a good period of time that listen let's continue to grow as a family um, a good friend of our a good friend of this show um, who is writing an article for one of the um, and who usually tries to break in right about now, which is our good friend Gary mm -hmm. Flower. Uh, he he came over uh, and I gave him a tour of the factory. All right, and he walked through the factory and, and later on he tells me he says, uh, "This is a pinball factory with soul, meaning that you have people working together for the common good of enjoying to build pinball machines." They are the people who are all together. They have love in it. There's no division between management. There's no division between design and R&D and production. Everybody here has a goal to produce the best machines possible. 
and they they have the fun and they they want to be there. Okay, he says you got sold. He says I was been at a couple other companies. You can see a little bit of a division. You can see a little bit of other things, and you can see some you know definite problems. But in the long run, he says he's and he's writing up a new article for uh, Replay Magazine, which he's going to talk about his visit to American Pinball and seeing a company that's family oriented and has a soul to want to put together a great machine so and is that something you think you'll be able to maintain as you grow in size and produce more more titles have three lines running you think that's going to be able to be maintained down the line absolutely and i'll tell you why because i came from a company that had great soul and, I, and what i'm talking about martin is uh, uh innovation concepts and entertainment ice Think about this. This was a company that had just shy of 400 employees, 21 game lines, producing the finest arcade games in the world. The owner of of Ice, a good friend and a mentor and a man that I truly, you know, next to my grandfather, I, I adored, uh, Ralph Capola. When Ralph was in the building, he made sure he went down and talked to everybody on the line. He went down there and greeted people and talked to people. He would check with some friends that had been working for him. Imagine this, an employee who's been working on the line for 20 some odd years to Ralph. And he would walk down there and ask him how his wife's doing, how how his kids are doing, how are they going to, did they go get into college? He worried about that stuff because that was he always considered ice the whole division his family and that man worried every day about bubbles and crashes of markets and because he basically said those 400 people are his family and he wanted to make sure those people were employed and always had a job so you know learning from him and also knowing the history from Gottlieb and what Elvin and David did in the history. I walk the line every time I'm in the building. I talk to people about their kids. I talk about where they are. They, If they have a problem, they have something, I'm talking to them and trying to help them as best we can. You know, even if that means, listen, Dave, um, I, I'm having problems getting through. Okay, you know what, I'm going to give you a couple gas cards. You know, here, here, here's some gas money to get get to the business. You know, um, you know, can I help you out with some other stuff? You know, hey, I need a little time because my my mother is sick. Take all the time off you want because your family. You know, um, that philosophy has been missed by many companies. But to have that philosophy within and to use that to manage the people, listen, they'll they'll work harder for you. Right. And and I see that so much in American. I have people who come in crazy hours that want to be there because they feel part of the family and they are. They are my extended family. The American pinball has become this, this family and it's growing. Right. And can we. Sure. We you know, families grow, too. You know, they have more children. Uh, sometimes the children leave, right? So the employees leave. Uh, that's all right. They are still part of the family. They still have that pedigree that they were with us. We still, you know, reach out and if we can help them, we will, you know, so it's it's one of those things. So um, there's, there's a lot of 
growth that uh, is happening. And I'm happy to say that we're going to maintain the family orientation of this, this, this company for the common good. Right. That's, right. that's, that's our vision. That's my vision. Anyway. Okay. That's, uh, it's certainly interesting. Um, what you just described uh, reminds me of Dave Gottlieb, who used to, uh, to do that the same with uh, many of the people in the factory that uh, were working for him in the sixties and seventies. Absolutely. And, and and why did that that made Gottlieb huge, right? Yeah, you know Gottlieb was the king of pinball. Gottlieb was the pinnacle. What happened to Gottlieb were some missteps, which a lot of companies make. You know, I mean, you can make a misstep. I think one of the biggest missteps uh, Gottlieb did, and I'll just touch on this. And I think uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Michael Gottlieb, will tell you the same story. Uh, he says that uh, when they went solid states, it was the it was um, thought of over like several martinis and said, okay, let's use this guy, uh, Rockwell Technologies, and let them design our board system, and we have to go to solid state. But that was only after they had many drinks uh, and, and and had to do something about it, right? Because they weren't being you know. So taking that, I continuously look at the industry and say, okay, what's better? Is this the best thing? You know, you know. I think Martin, you and I talked about this a, a while back, and I'll talk. I'll touch base on this. Was the um, the playfield uh, problems right? Mm-hmm. Like you and I talked about it. That in the nineties, playfields were designed, done, and dusted. They were going to last the test of a nuclear explosion, right? And uh, what happened? Well, you know, you continuously evolve. There's continuous changes, but listen. What has been done, we keep perfecting, right? I'm happy to say that American pinball playfields are really, you know, standard above the rest, right? I think they're they're well built. People don't have problems with it, and um, that is just what we need to do. But in the in the long run, um, we continue to to build with that quality, right? I mean, yes, you have to be innovative. You keep looking at new things, but. There's reasons that I have games out on test, and those games out on test are what we try new stuff that the public doesn't know that the innards might be a little different, maybe a new power supply, maybe a new you know set of coils, a new you know some new software or something. But that's just to see how well it stands from breakdown, right? And then after a long rigorous test, do we finally pull the trigger and say, okay, we're going to put that into our game? Because I don't want a substandard part going into my game that's going to cause a nightmare. Everything I test has to go through a life test. Everything we do goes through a burn-in. Okay, I want, I want, you know, I don't want people to say, "Oh, you did you ever even look at my game?" Yeah, it burned in. It went through uh, so many levels of testing and, and so forth to make sure I'm giving you 100%. And you know what? It shows, right? We have those people who love our quality and say, "Man." They build a great game, and that's the reason. And uh, if we need to make adjustments, we do. Right. Well, you, you've been kind enough to uh, appear on, on our pincast quite a few times now, David. I think every time recently, certainly, that, that we've spoken to, you've uh, you've said you have the ambition to, to release two titles a year at least. And... Um, well, it's uh, Legends uh, was announced in when October last yep. year. Yep. Okay. So um, obviously there have been issues with supply chain and staffing and and various other changes in the industry, which have impacted on your ability to 
produce your existing titles, let alone uh, release a new one. But is there any information you can give us about when we might be um, hearing about your, your next title? Well, we do have a game coming out this year. And I, I will say, listen, uh, not only did I uh, pull back to make sure that we were good with the game for this year, um, listen, my competitor also didn't release a game this spring also because there's a demand out there, right? And this is kind of, and I'll touch a base a little bit about Legends of Valhalla. Legends of Valhalla was a great, uh, is a great selling game, high demand, people love it. Uh, some people right, have called so. it, and some people have called it a sleeper. Yeah, and uh, it is it is taking the industry by storm quietly. It may have not been. Listen, it, it went up against Godzilla. Okay, it's it's tough when you go against a you know a title like Godzilla. I mean. It's a great game. But I will tell you that I love uh, Legends of Valhalla. It has gotten a lot of people were surprised by the rules. And listen, Steve Bowden, um, even Michael Grant, uh, both of them worked heavily on the rules to perfect that game a lot more to be a player's game. And a lot of players are taking note of this game. Uh, we were at Texas and people loved it. But I don't want to be... Listen, I don't want to be that guy that looks like he's out for the uh, kind of the money grab. And what I mean by that is that I could have released the Legends of Valhalla Classic and started pumping those out. I want to get the Legends of Valhalla Deluxe Limited Editions into all the collector's hands before I release the classic version of that. Uh, there will be a classic version. It will be uh, somewhat um, have some of the toys, not toys, but some of the 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 add-ons removed from the game to bring the price down. But at the end of the day, people are going to love it just as much as they do the deluxe. But I want to I want to honor and support those people who bought the deluxe model by getting them their games first. Okay, I want them to enjoy that game. I don't want them to be sitting six months or a year later saying i ordered a, a deluxe model of this and i haven't gotten it yet all right i want you to i want you to have that deluxe model before i make the announcement of the classic um that's just me giving back to the industry or even back to the collector because you know what they're the ones who stepped up and said i want to buy this game and for those 500 people uh most definitely and and, and let me touch upon that for a second originally we were going to release 300 games and all intentions was to release 300 games. We announced it on uh, Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Chicago Central Time, which, Martin, what time is that there in London, if it's 8 a.m.? In, in um, it'll be 2 p.m. Yeah. 2 p.m., which I don't know many people wandering around in the middle of the afternoon in London waiting to see what's happening in the pinball industry. Jonathan, what time is that yeah. in the Netherlands? An hour earlier. Later. So, okay, so 3 p.m. So the, by, by the time that social media and everything hit, it was about 7, 8 o'clock in Europe or going into the evening, right? And then on by the on a Saturday, by the morning, Sunday morning, 24 hours from that time, Europe, Australia, all the rest of the world had already stepped up and said, hey, we want this game also. We were over 500 games already by by uh, 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. 
uh, or 8 a.m., 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. We were already over 500. So we said we're going to pull it back to 500. And by um, Sunday night, <laughs> the numbers were just growing, and they're still growing, okay? We have tons of people. And we told them, listen, continue to go to your distributors. See if, you, if somebody cancels. You can jump in on that for the deluxe limited model. And that's still true today. There's some distributors who have had people pull their orders or whatnot. But for the most part, anybody who's gotten the game hasn't sold the game. Okay, They still have the game. They love the game. They want more of the game. And we're continuously giving that. So that, that's, a, that's a, just a, a, a benefit for us. So was that... You know, a money grab? No, that was me just making sure that the rest of the world had the same opportunity. Was there more than 500? Yes. Is there still more than 500? Yes. There are many, many people who still want this game, the deluxe model. And are the people who are currently with the distributors on a waiting list for the classics when it gets released later this year. But first right. of all, I want so to get those deluxe out. So you've still got to get the deluxe ones out, and then you've got to go through the classic um, production before you could even start talking about the next game. No, 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 no. So the deluxe model will be done, and then the classics, uh, the next game will be already getting there for production, right? And then uh, when we announce the classic, uh, we will still have the, the new game being produced, and then we'll make the release. Here's the other thing. We did this with uh, Legends. We had so many made before we announced it, right? Um, and then we also had those put out in locations because, hey, I had been producing this thing so that we could do what we call a street rollout, right? A street rollout means that there are locations across the United States um, and possibly Canada. I don't know if we did Canada. but And we probably will do this again to help give back to the community and give back to the locations. And what I mean by that is, listen, I know what locations went through with the pandemic, right? They did not have the numbers where they needed to be. They had been struggling when the pandemic was over and they were struggling um, with getting people back into the locations to enjoy the game. So American Pinball did something that most, I don't think my competitor has ever done. I sent out 10 games to 10 of the top locations and I didn't even charge them. Okay, I paid for the shipping on that, and I uh, I basically um, gave them six months to pay the game off, right? So they got a trial run on this, and because they were the street locations, they had people lining up, showing up at their locations just to play the new game because they were the first ones to get it. It not only helped the locations, it helped the industry, right? And it helped the locations financially because i know some of these locations couldn't afford a brand new game coming out of the pandemic when they could barely keep the doors open right so now all of a sudden they have a new game they have people coming in they have people redefining them and uh they're buying drinks they're buying other things they're they're finding this and it just it just helped in the long run so that's why we wanted to do street rollouts and we're still going to do street rollouts that's one of our key uh, uh, distribution is to take, you know, listen, I'm not going to tease you for two weeks or a month and let you keep guessing and let Pinside, you know, go bananas over what that sound was or what this was on a, on a, on a thing or, or what it could be. I want to show it to you and say, here it is. Go play it. Enjoy it. And it's ready. 
I realise this is very early on because you've only ever done it once before, but um, do you think pulling the game out on location at the same time you announce it helps sales? Sure. Um, or is, is neutral or, or could potentially damage sales? Because there's an awful lot of sort of fear of missing out and people putting orders in straight away as soon as the game is announced. Uh, whereas if they can go and actually play the game, then that... No, in some cases, that it might turn out that the game isn't quite what they were hoping for, and that could could knock sales off. It could, but I'm going to tell you this right now: it gives you it gives you more of um, credit that you're building games. Oh yeah. If, if I if I if I go on and say, listen, I'm going to build this game, and nobody sees it, and I'm taking orders. What kind of, I mean, you're basing it off the credit of that person, right? I mean, I think of all the people who saw Raza, right? Uh, or the other games that another company was putting out. Um, to put a game out on a location and say, here's the game, it is out there, gives them, gives you a ton of credit because here you've made the decisions, you built this game, you know that this is great. Um, this is something that WMS used to do, okay? They used to put this stuff out there. They used to put them out there and let people play them and make sure they're out the distributors so that people did it. But you got to remember, back then, Martin, that was mostly all distributor-based. Now, we're a ton of it is home-based. So what am I going to do, send it to people's homes? No, I'm going to go the same route. I'm going to put it in barcades where people venture out and play the newest game. In fact, you know, listen... I know barcades that have games and people go out. Yes, they'll make the decision. They'll buy it or they won't buy it. I know people who literally were on the the fence, put in orders, and when they finally saw the game and played it, canceled. So I would rather have the people play it and make sure that they want to buy it. Okay? And right now all my people who bought uh, Legends of Valhalla know that they want that game because they've played it. I have people who have played it at uh, Texas. I have them at Expo, uh, Midwest Gaming Classic, all these big shows, uh, including a show that's going to be this weekend, um, uh, Northwest. Northwest, uh, yeah. In fact, it's going to be in the presidential suite at uh, Nitro Pinball. Uh, they have two uh, Legends of Valhalla sitting up there for people to enjoy um, at the Northwest uh, Classic, uh, Northwest uh, Gaming Show. Pinball and arcade show, yeah. Yes, sorry. There's there it's 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 five words put in some order that, that <laughs> yeah. lead up to a pinball show name. You know, I don't care if it's you know Southern Fried Pinball Expo or what. I mean, it's 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 usually something that has pinball arcade in, in some order. So, um, but no, it, it listen when people put their hands on the machine, they play it. That, like I said, they find out that this is a great game. You know, it, it I is. Them, I'm I, one of them. Thank you, Jonathan. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, but, but unfortunately, I still don't have any deluxes available for you. So continue to contact your uh, distributor if you want to buy one. Uh, <laughs> uh, get yourself on a list. But no, listen, I mean, I, I think that uh, putting the game out there for people to enjoy gives me as a manufacturer more of an information so that they order it because they enjoy it and want it. I don't want to have it where, you know, uh, I make an announcement. I sold, you know, a thousand games. Nobody's touched it. Uh, when it finally gets to the distributor, uh, you know, fifty or sixty people played the first sample of the game and go, you know, I canceled my order. I'd rather go with this other one. 
So there is a reason I want to put street locations out there so that people can play them. Most right. definitely. And, and I think we uh, we mentioned it briefly at the beginning of, of that answer that um, that the next game will be announced later this year. Um, and I think I think it's already I think you've already confirmed previously that uh, it'll be Dennis Norman's design with Chris Franchi on art. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. And I, I tell you, Chris uh, Franchi art. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, listen, Chris and I are, are friends. We've been friends for years, um, and his artwork is always spectacular. And um, I also made an announcement to you guys. Maybe remembered at the Texas show that we are doing Barry's last game. Barry Osler's Ooh, last yep. game will be coming out uh, in 2023, and then Dennis's game for 2023 is already in the Whitewood stage. So know that we are kicking it up a notch, but I want to continue to support the people who are buying the games. And I really, really, really don't want to hurt them. Uh, if you stepped up and you're buying a game from American Pinball, like say it's a limited deluxe, trust me, I'm, I'm 100% thankful. And I continue to give little things. In fact, one of the things I signed off on last week and most of the people will be seeing it shortly in the mail which is very cool is a set of uh side art blades uh oh, for the nice. deluxe deluxe model for legends of valhalla uh so those who bought a deluxe model you may get uh, a little package in the mail which will be your new art blades for your game and uh they'll be going on all the games going forward so Register your game. That's the other thing I want to point out. Register your game. If you've registered your game at uh, American Pinball that you bought a, a deluxe version of Legends of Valhalla, you will be getting the updates. You'll be getting the uh, side blades. You'll be getting anything that comes out for that. So make sure that you register those in there so that if you didn't get the art blades, hey, you're going to get that little present. It's going to be, hey, look, I got a set of art blades for my game. I didn't even know I was getting it. So Very it'll nice. be great. Yes. Very nice indeed. Uh, does it also count for international customers? Yes, it does count for international customers. Of course. Top class service from American people. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. Hey, I'm a collector. Like I said, I want to have those little perks and so forth. And, and it's funny because we went around and around and around at the beginning about art blades. And then um, it was finally somebody said, you need art blades. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I went back to Scott and said, Scott, you need to do art blades for this thing. And he says, okay. And he did it up. And I'm telling you, the artwork it fits thematically. It looks great. It f works well with the cabinets. People love it. Uh, that we've already seen it. I showed it to a bunch of people that are just, you know, um, guys in the industry. And not only that, it's, it, we just are like, okay, this is, this is the art package. You know, it fits. So... Great. Uh, well, we started talking about uh, what's happening at Pinball Expo earlier in uh, um, in, in this uh, interview, and uh, I think we're getting towards the end now. And we will later be talking to your your colleague Rob Burke about um, what he's been up to over the past few days. But is there anything that, that you can tell us that uh, that you, the two of you, are working on or have planned for this year's uh, Pinball Expo? Yes. Um... In the in the true pinball expo, get ready. Okay, you know we, we always say that get ready because we're going to have a show that will again just blow people away. 
we did the first year show. It was interesting. You know, it was the first time in that location. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do we need to make changes? Absolutely. Have we made those changes? Yes, sir. We have. We are adjusting the times of the show to be better for um, everyone. If you're coming to the show, it's going to be the show that you want to be at. Uh, we've adjusted also the tournament. We have we had a beautiful setup for the tournament last year, but we're going to take it another notch further. We actually um, are making it better for the tournament players. Um, are we going to make it better experience for everyone? Yes. What we can use from people, and I'm just going to throw this out to you real quick, we could use people that are... Um, um, clubs, people who are part of leagues, um, anything. We could always use more games at Expo. Expo is built because it was um, to bring people together to introduce them to Pinball Expo. If you go back far enough, there was no Pinball Expo show. There were no pinball shows in the industry, right? And that just started bringing people together. So Expo is to bring people together, and that means bring your game. Show it off. You know, we're going to have some tournaments where we're going to show off, you know, the best in show, right? This is the best mod. This is the best, re, you know, game that we, you know, has been gone through and, and it's a total restore and it's a gorgeous machine. And we're going to give that the award of best in show. Um, a few years ago, I think we did that with the crawl, right? So, you know, there's not many shows out there that, you know, continue to do that. But I continue to ask for people to bring games to the game to the show to help support pinball expo and they have in the past and we continue to push that but you know we're we're looking at the floor design it's going to be completely different than what we did last year and it's going to be something people are going to be amazed by right and listen we're, we're timing everything just right so that there will be new games there there will be games that people are going to want to play and it's just going to be the show continue to grow into our new location it's sixty thousand square feet for crying out loud it's a big room and uh, we did a pretty good job last year, but I think we can do even better. And trust me, there are a lot of leagues, a lot of clubs uh, that will support us. And, uh, you know, there are guys out there who are probably listening to this. Uh, we are even talking about doing some um, league play, you know, team leagues mm -hmm. and so forth. Bring your games down, show off your collection and promote your league and your collection and the free play area. And that free play area is intertwined this year with the whole um, uh, vendor area. So the vendor hall and the free play area is one and the same, and it's uh, going to be nice because you're going to be able to go and see Stern's new games and then play some free games right next to it. You can go over here and, and see what's going on in America. You can go over here and see what's at JJP. You can go over here and see what's going on in Chicago Gaming. Okay, I'm giving everybody the free billing. In fact, here's a little spoiler. I already know a uh, young man who I've known for many years. Uh, I know him as Bug. Uh, he mm -hmm. came up to me and said to me at Texas, I want to be at Expo. I said, Bug, we'll have Spooky at Expo. You guys can have a nice booth. We, we already talked about that, and we're going to put him in a nice location. And uh, he's going to, you know, again, just show off his games. He's going to be part of that experience with us. So we're happy to have uh, Spooky there, JJP, Chicago Gaming, of course, Stern. And, of course, American. So it's going to be a great show. It's going to be the, the pinball show, man. This is you – know, Rob is passionate about it. He's been doing this for 
Oh, good lord. 38 years. 38 (laughs) years, you know. I I was going to say 40, but, you know, we'll say 38, okay. Um, It's a 38th edition, so. Right. But, you know, this is something that's been a dream of his for two years before Expo. Right, right. So, you know, and, you know, it was supposed to be one and done, and now it's going on 38 years, you know. Guinness Book of Records of the Longest Running Show. So it's going to be a great show. Right. And people just keep going back to American, uh, not American, go back to Pinball Expo's website and get the updates. There's updates continuously happening on uh, uh, Pinball Expo's Pinball Expo. website. Pinballexpo.com, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. right. Very good. So now, now speaking of uh, Pinball Expo, we uh, thank you for the plug so far. Um, uh, having met uh, Rob Burke yesterday, um, he gave me a flyer for a new uh, international uh, tournament that will be held on the Thursday of Pinball Expo. Uh, can you talk about that, or is that not something that you're concerning yourself with? Uh, it's nothing I know about it, but I don't have enough information to give you. I just know that we've been working on that, so that's going to be huge. Rob's this is the World Cup, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's 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 a dream that you know. Listen, Expo is this this thing has been going on for thirty eight years. It's the the granddaddy, as people call it. Uh, there's been growing pains in this in in Pinball Expo. We all know about that, and we're now past that. Um, and uh, we're at a new location. So, yes, the Granddaddy Championship is going to happen. Uh, Rob Rob has, you know, Rob has had a vision for 38 years, and he's continuously bringing that vision. And one of those things is to have the big championship there. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, Pinball Hall of Fame, for crying out loud, was started with Expo. There was no Hall of Fame before that. Um, and there are other things that, you know, make people stand up and take note that this is the, the big show. So I think, I think at the end of the day, we we have a couple other surprises and listen, um, the American dream challenge, you know, uh, had been pitched by Rob to, um, a couple other manufacturers over the years, let's just say, and they've always said, no, 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 we're not interested in that. You know, and Rob's one of the things was, wouldn't it be great to have, you know, some homebrew guy getting hired by a pinball and making their pin? I just think that'd be the coolest thing ever. And uh, I have to say that 20 years ago, I agreed with Rob at that point, and uh, I kept pushing, pushing, pushing with Rob. And uh, I'm happy to say that we're finally going to do something like that, and we've done it already with uh, Scott Gullix and Ryan uh, McCabe. And I think this is just 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 moving along. It's it's a passion. It's a it's a family thing uh, for American and for Expo. It kind of works perfectly hand in hand. Both of us, uh, all of us, have the same passion. So it's great. Great. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much indeed, David. David Fix, there, um, Executive Vice President of American Pinball. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys, and uh, I look forward to being back on here. And I'm also looking forward to seeing you guys again. We'll go out for drinks. Uh, you bet. We'll, we'll talk, and uh, it'll be great. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. And there you have it, David Fix. Yes, uh, thank, thanks again to David for uh, joining us on the Pincast. Yeah, this was an interview that uh, uh, ran a lot longer than I was <laughs> expecting it to yeah. run, but uh, lots of great information. Thank you for that, David. Yeah, it always seems to be the way. We uh, we think we've just got a few a few items to talk about, and it will be wrapped up. A bit like this this pincast itself, um, in in a few minutes. But uh, then uh, no, nearly, nearly an hour later, there we are still talking. But right. uh, 
hopefully it was all all time well spent. Right. Okay. So uh, so that that covers our coverage for uh, American Pinball for this month, I suppose. Um, moving on to uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. Yeah, uh, not not much news from them really, is there? No, we're still waiting for uh, their next game to be announced. Um, the date of May 23rd was rumored as being a special day in uh, um, the supposed license for that game, Toy Story. Uh, and probably lots of special stuff happened on the 23rd regarding Toy Story, but we didn't see any announcement no, for I don't a pinball machine. I don't think anything's going to be coming out in the next week or two, but uh, I think I think we are looking towards June, aren't we, as being the uh, the announcement month. Right. Um, and, um, yeah. So the, I think there are limited opportunities if they want to launch it at a major event, which uh, they generally do. They normally, uh, normally launch their new titles um, at a pinball show somewhere. So uh, it's by the time this goes out, I think we'll already know that... Um, that they won't be launching at the Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show. Right. So, uh, uh, yeah. So well, what, what other shows are there uh, in the upcoming months, so well, to speak? Well, uh, have a look on the diary and find out for yourself. But uh, we, can only, we can only speculate at this point because um, you know, nothing is confirmed until it actually happens in, in the pinball business. Right. Anything can change at the last minute. There can be delays. There can be all kinds of uh, reasons why things don't happen. Right. Yeah, so, but, um, well, that date of the 23rd, um, well, nothing happened, and I, I think uh, Jack was on holiday in Aruba and posted on his Facebook that he was on holiday in Aruba, and uh, people quickly figured out that if Jack's not there, then there's probably not going to happen anything. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, what I found out, um, the game has been... The new, the upcoming game mm-hmm. has been on the line, but yep. there have also been rumors that it's no longer on the line, and I have no idea whether that has to do with that they are building a bunch of games for Europe and then going back to Guns N' Roses and then starting production for the US because it takes time for games to travel overseas if they want a large quantity to uh, to arrive in time. Yes, I don't know. They did say that the uh, the Guns N' Roses production is officially winding down. So, yeah, that, so that would mean that they are either producing the next game or producing some some older titles. I can't imagine they're going to let the the line um, stop unless they have run out of parts. You know, we we talked about um, uh, supply chain issues many times, and and we did with. Uh, with David as well just now, as you will have heard, um, every company is suffering from that. So, as as he said, they build the games that they can build. Right. So, uh, and of course, that's going to delay any announcement as well. I mean, every company, every pinball company is facing these uh, uh, supply chain issues, and if you can't build uh, uh, the game, then what's the point in announcing it? Well, I don't know. I mean, traditionally, companies have announced games and then, then gone into production afterwards with varying amounts of delay, depending on which company we're talking about. Yeah, but in this case, we're talking about Jersey Jack, and with previous games, Jack learned his lesson and said that uh, he would only announce a new game if he has 
a number of units immediately available to uh, to sell. Yeah, that's the ideal. Um, but uh, you know, it, supplies being what they are at the moment, you have to do what you have to do, don't you? True. True. So, oh well, we'll see what happens this month. Well, perhaps we can get a. Well, hopefully next month we'll be in a in a position to report on the launch of uh, of JJP number seven. Yeah. But um, in the meantime, let's. Uh, well, the, somebody who oh, might know something more is our good friend Gary Flower. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's, that's oh, Gary was over in the US recently. Perhaps he'll have some uh, some insights he can he can uh, tell us about. Um, you want me to give him a call? Yeah, give him a call. Let's see, uh, see what he's got to say. Okay, well, calling Gary. Hi, guys. Hey, Gary. Oh. Jonathan. Hey, Gary. Uh, thanks for calling. I'm uh, involved in the Jubilee celebrations at the moment. Right. Can you call me back? Uh, because I think the band's just about to kick off. Oh, my God, what's that noise? <laughs> oh, dear, bad time. Just started up with the National Anthem. I feel kind of bad fading it out because it's the national anthem, but uh, I, I think for our, our listeners, they probably uh, don't want to listen to the whole whole piece. So we'll, we'll try and get back to Gary um, a bit later if we possibly can, if, if time allows. Otherwise, so, um, oh well. we'll we'll move on then to yeah. uh, what else has been going on in the, in the pinball business, and uh, let's, let's let's head a, head down to uh, an, a Commonwealth country. And to Australia and see what's been going on with Haggis. Right. So, um, well, I've seen uh, photos of the uh, first Fathom game, uh, Fathom Revisited game, uh, being picked up or delivered, whatever it was. Um, yeah, first one off the line, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and also a second one. Um, there's uh, some people complaining that it doesn't look like a proper production line. Um, Based on the info that we received, uh, I can see where that is coming from. But, um, oh well, I'm sure they do the best they can to build the games as quickly as they can. So, uh, Yeah, there haven't, haven't been any actual updates directly from Damien at Haggis or anybody else at Haggis themselves. But um, just, um, just, um, just the pictures of the new game, which, uh, which I have to say looked absolutely great. But really, oh, yeah. really well made um, inside and out. Although it did look a little bit dark on the playfield um, for some of the pictures that I saw. So whether that's a just a camera issue or it really is dark, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's got RGB lighting in it, so the actual light level is going to change during the game. But uh, at the time, one of the pictures were taken. The central area looked looked pretty dim. Well, but, you can always adjust the uh, the brightness on that picture. Oh, absolutely! Yes, that that would that would help. Yes, um, on that picture at least. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh well. Oh, always. If there's nothing else, nothing else to report from Agus, <laughs> then we're moving on. I think hey. we will move on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To the uh, the gift that keeps on giving, uh, Deep Root Pinball. Um, really, not a huge amount of news from them, except that very strange events occurred when the DeeprootPinball.com website came back online, having been down um, since the, well, pretty much since the uh, SEC announcement was yeah. made. Uh, but it's come back with uh, with the same logo for Deep Root Pinball and a string of hexadecimal characters, which, um, hexadecimal pairs of characters, I should say, which... Um, 
if you convert them to ASCII, reads, check back soon for something interesting. Which How interesting. It is indeed interesting. Well, that's interesting in itself. You don't need to check back. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of assuming that that domain is now owned by, was one of the assets that was picked up by uh, Chris Turner of Turner Logic. If you remember, Turner Logic was the company that was writing the code for the game. And also bought many of the assets of the company in the auction, including things like the uh, life insurance policies, but also some uh, a whole bunch of I- IP. Right. Uh, although I, uh, well, we just talked to um, mm. uh, David Fix, who yeah. apparently is also interested in uh, some of the IP of uh, Deep Root, and he mentioned that that stuff hasn't been auctioned yet. Well, not all of it. Uh, no, um, some of it may have been. It's unclear exactly what was included in the in the auction items, right? But anyway, the site's back, so uh, might be worth keeping an eye on on deeprootpinball.com to see um, if something interesting does appear. Right. Okay. And that's the the the, the well, the most important news, or well, well yeah, news, I, I suppose, yeah. And um, well, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. So. Um, getting back to um, uh, the other side of the world. Um, mm-hmm. Home Pin Factory in uh, Taiwan yep. have been uh, basically pre-assembling lots and lots of parts for the uh, production of this is Spinal Taps, but uh, we haven't received any new details on when the game is about to be uh, launched or revealed or whatever you want to call it. No, it was um, it was supposed to be built this month, but uh, according to um, the website of, I think it was Highway Games, who are the uh, home bin distributor in Australia, uh, that, yeah, they say it was meant to be built this month, but it was also meant to be built last month, and it wasn't built then, or at least it wasn't available for sale then. So uh, we don't really know. It's... Uh, a familiar story, but um, interestingly, or not, depending on your point of view, Highway Games have set up a company called Spinal Tap Pinball Pty Limited, um, presumably to market and sell the game. So it looks like they're, they're you know, probably a little bit more than just um, distributors for okay. home pin. It sounds like they're they're going to be the the go to place for spinal. Or this is Spinal Tap Pinball. Okay, so. Well, we'll uh, keep an eye on that as well. Um, and that yeah. was all there is to report from uh, Homepin. Yeah, there's a lot of um, nothing much happened, but it's going to happen soon in this uh, this month's Pincast. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just ting it up for next month's one where everything will happen. Right. So, um, maybe. Okay. Um, well, Pitbull Brothers um, had a delayed shipment of uh, alien. Uh, games. Uh, well, first of all, they announced that a, a container was ready to ship, but the shipping was delayed. And I think eventually they shipped out uh, two containers: one heading for the US and the other for the UK. Wow. Okay. I guess the the UK one's probably going to be a distribution point um, for other countries as well. So it probably come oh, out could, here. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think I don't know how many whether what size whether it's a full container or a half container or how many machines are in there. I mean, normally you get what thirty three, thirty six um, pinball machines in a full container. Yeah, I think uh, forty plus ones uh, were supposed to ship out this month. So uh, let's assume they did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, yeah, that's coming from Padretti, I, I assume. 
Yeah. Uh, so. Pedretti Gaming in Italy. So, yes. Uh, uh, with a little bit of news on them as well, if, if you want to touch on that now. That we're yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they released new code for Rudy's Nightmare, Funhouse, Rudy's Nightmare, that is, version 0.88. Yes, indeed um, they did. I, and I downloaded it. All 517 megabytes of code. Wow. Yeah, um, mainly because on their website there was no information about what had changed. Or indeed on their social media feed there wasn't anything. So I thought, oh, there's bound to be a, a readme file in the code. No, there isn't. There's just one file called um, funhouse.code, and that's it. So I have no idea what's different in this version. Okay. Hopefully so, somebody does. Yeah, So, but we won't be discussing that this time. Um uh, I did see some news from uh, actually March 25th, which I'm not sure that we covered, uh, but where Pedretti Gaming uh, were excited to announce a uh, new sub-licensing agreement with Planetary Pinball for several more 2.0 titles like Funhouse. And they already started working on their next 2.0 game kit, mm. which of course they are not revealing which game it will be. Uh, but since that uh, Planetary is involved, it's very likely to be a Williams game uh, from that era, so it could be Whirlwind or, uh, well, Bride of Pinball seems unlikely, but any any of the alphanumeric or numeric games from that era. Well, it does say that their game kit will be using the fast retro platform, which is designed for System 11. Right. Well, well obviously there's 11, 11A, 11B and 11C, so there's a big big range of games there, but it could be things like... Uh, as you say, um, Bride of Pinball yeah. could be Whirlwind, um, uh, Earthshaker. Tomcat, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fire comes to mind. Black Knight 2000, even. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Elvira and the Party Monsters. We wanted to yeah. get back into that. No, right. Bring, bring out a new Elvira game. Yeah. And one of those for, ooh, literally months. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, oh well. Um, so it looks like they will be having a lot of fun and uh, once it gets out, uh, the rest of the world as well. So uh, that's it for uh, Pedretti Gaming in, uh, in Italy, tying, yep. tying in with the uh, Pimble Brothers. Right. Um, heading back to, uh, to the US, uh, mm-hmm. Spooky Pinball, uh, not much news to report. Uh, they did release a new uh, code for Halloween and Ultraman version uh, 1.07 with a uh, revamped wizard mode, some rule changes, and a few bug fixes. Hey, how did I do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not a big update. Just, uh, but um, interesting. They changed the way the wizard mode works, um, and um, Bug did a, a nice video on uh, on YouTube showing how to achieve that new wizard mode on both uh, Halloween and Ultraman. Right. Okay. So, and um, Bug was also featured in an uh, an interview. At a uh, show that he was at, uh, being interviewed by somebody who absolutely had no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> um, sorry to say, but this, that's really the impression that I got. Um, and uh, the interesting thing from that, what I understood, is that um, uh, they already expanded their current factory, but they are planning to extend it even further next summer, which I'm not sure whether that is this year or next year. Mm. So... But uh, apparently the company keeps growing, so that's good for them. Yeah, of course. Uh, we, 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 another company that we keep expecting to announce what their next title is going to be, and uh, it could be coming anytime soon. 
Yeah, because um, Halloween Ultraman, uh, you know, they must be well through those runs by now. Yeah, it's probably winding down as well. Yes. So. Yep. Okay, so, so that's Spooky Pinball um, up in uh, Benton, Wisconsin. So moving a bit further south, it's a little bit further south to Chicago Gaming and no the latest news. news. Oh, there is no absolutely news. nothing. Okay, well, we didn't need to hang around there very long, then, do we? Um, no, sorry about that. Um, okay, well, let's, um, let's. Well, we had a we had a very nice event uh, organized by Dutch Pinball. Yes, indeed. Um, we went to their um, to Barry's factory warming party, which yes. was held at their, I should say, new factory. But it's uh, eighteen months they've been in that factory now, and they held a, a, a party to um, to warm the place on uh, Friday, the twenty seventh of May. Yeah, which basically was last Friday, a week ago. Yes, that's right, yes. And uh, very nice it was as well, very well organised. There was um, free drinks, free food, tours of the factory, free games to play, um, and uh, lots of lots of people to talk to there. Um, yeah. An interesting group, and even as someone who doesn't speak any Dutch, there were probably at least, at least half a dozen English speakers, probably more, who, uh, who I got chatting to during the course of the day. Right. And, and it was uh, it was very interesting going around the factory as well and seeing, uh, you know, we've been around pinball factories a good few times and uh, so Barry Barry's very kindly offered to do his uh, his tour in English. And I said, no, no, it's all right, you, you carry on in Dutch because the other 19 people in the group, you know, um, they probably don't know that much about how a pinball factory works because they were, they were not pinball people necessarily they were sort of friends and family and well-wishers and so you explain it all to them because i can i can pick it up as we go along so i kind of know how how you put together a pinball machine whereas other people don't even know what a ramp is or the fact you have to put switches on them and that kind of thing right but so uh but but uh, as non-biased as you are uh what do you think of the factory i thought it was great i thought they were using the space really well and uh, i thought it was quite hard to imagine how they could have been building uh, the big lebowski game in a much smaller space because they seem to occupy the entire space that's in the factory at the moment. They had um, sort of clearly set up into an assembly building area, um, a playfield population area, a cabinet populating area, and the complete machine testing area. Right, so, and then a, a boxing up area. Well. Yes, that's right. As a well, which, which wasn't actually in use because they had nine machine, nine complete machines waiting to go. But they, I guess they don't box them up until the last minute. Um, but they or were, at least they, uh, I suppose they kept them there. Um, yeah, it could have been there for the show. I yes, um, so. they'd had a bit of uh, wiping down after the show to get people's fingerprints off the uh, nice shiny lock bars. But they, it looked an impressive sight, I, I will say. And um, let me do a, a blatant plug for Pinball News. Um, and there is a report um, on the event, along with uh, over 50 pictures from it, where you can uh, you can have a look at uh, what we saw. Although I'm afraid you don't get any of the free drinks or food. No, and uh, um, I did a, a sort of photo report as well on uh, pinball-magazine.com. Uh, so you can take a look at that as well. My impression of the uh, of the event. Um, you didn't stay that long, and neither did I. But I think I got uh, everything. I was in a different factory tour than you were. And, uh, yes, you were. Yeah, you were on the yeah. second one. I was on the earlier one. Yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, I, I, but uh, I, I, and I there wasn't mine. Understood what was being said, unlike me. Yeah. So uh, uh, no, the, uh, well, it was a very nice event. Uh, thank you, Barry, for uh, inviting uh, us in this case. And um, oh well, um, there's not much other news from Dutch Pinball to report. Um, no, as um, as we heard earlier from David, Barry did say that the supply of parts continues to improve slowly. He says um, it's uh, things are better than they they were at the uh, the worst of the uh, the supply chain problems in uh, 2020, but it's a it's a slow and gradual improvement. Um, and they're all looking forward to uh, to getting supplies back so they can they can ramp up production and uh, start employing more people. Yeah, and um, yeah. What's uh, what, uh, one thing that I found interesting, which I think is uh, not a problem to share. Um, obviously, finding personnel um, uh, has been a problem for uh, for many co- uh, pinball companies, as David Six also uh, expressed. Um, what I understood is that Dutch Pinball now found a new source to tap in from, or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, uh, which are uh, seniors that um, have been working uh, already in assembly uh, at other factories and for some reason have been uh, let go or whatever um, and are looking to get back on the uh, um, in, in the job uh, or looking to get a job. Uh, mm-hmm. but most companies won't hire people from the age of, uh, I don't know, 60 and up. Um, but Barry's more than happy to do so. Mm, yes, indeed. If, yeah. you're, if you're the right fit, then you're the right fit. And uh, apparently that turned out to be working very well for them. So uh, there's that to report, I suppose. Great. So uh, best wishes to, to Barry and everyone at Dutch Pinball in, in producing uh, all the remaining orders for the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Oh, we still have to mention uh, their next title, um, uh, which of course was not revealed at the. Uh, no, there was nothing. About no. <laughs> <laughs> no. The factory tour. We couldn't. Uh, there was no clue whatsoever to be found uh, of what a uh, possible future Dutch pinball title uh, could be. Everything was. Uh, if there is anything to show, uh, it was hidden. Yes, so. uh, I think they are busy enough doing what they're doing. Without, uh, although um, work is underway on the on the next title, I, I do know that. Right. So, oh well. Okay. So, um, yeah, another company like Chicago Gaming with uh, basically nothing to report is Multimorphic. Um, uh, which doesn't mean that they're not doing anything. They're busy uh, building. Uh, just the opposite. Al- I would yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> they're very busy. Um, uh, building Weird Al Playfield modules and uh, and P3 games, um, but there was no other news to report. No, um, no, no new games or um, no, software no, downloads. No, yeah, exactly. Or updates kind of or uh, no. yeah, no, no new product releases this month. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, from one company that has some updates. Uh, uh, still yet to produce games, but the updates keep coming. Is uh, Pinball Adventures? Yes. Um, again, you know, this is a familiar story. Say, say they hope to be shipping their first title, the Pony Factory, within a month. Didn't say which month, but one assumes it's going to be the month of June. So um, they do have a uh, an interesting page on their website at pinballadventures.com/slash punny-progress-page 
which shows you the progress of the first 10 machines that they are building. Uh, the first one does have a name against it. Um, at least I think it does. It says build, but it might, that might mean something else. But it does, um, does suggest it's, it's been allocated to someone. The others don't, but they all seem to be in the same state of uh, progress, shall we say, which is that the cabinet and the play fields are all done. But the mechs and toys um, are only at 50%, which who knows what that means. Does that mean uh, that they've got them, but they haven't fitted them? Um, presumably, it can't be the other way around. But, um, and then the software or the, um, the, the control system as well, which is incomplete. So I think they are, well, maybe this is start shipping in a month if they're at that state. But it's uh, still a lot of work to do. Uh, the playfield's looking pretty good now. I think I think we mentioned this before. Some of the toys on there have really nice paint jobs on them. So uh, who knows? But um, that's the first game. They, they also well, uh, were giving a sneak peek of their next game. Yeah, which is called uh, Elements. Uh, that's not a secret. Uh, we've known that for many many months uh, yeah. right now it's even on their uh, on their websites mm -hmm. uh, amongst the titles that they are working on uh, they posted a photo of a populated and um, uh, playfield with artwork I should say so probably like a first uh, prototype of thing um, yeah it was a slightly strange angle um, but it did show you the they still got the hexagonal uh, window in the playfield which I think was I don't think it leads to an under playfield uh, mini playfield. I think it's uh, more a lighting effect, a sort of infinity lights in there. But um, uh, that may have changed. I uh, wait to be proved wrong. Uh, one slight weird thing or unusual thing about it was it seemed to have a, a wooden bottom arch to it rather than uh, the usual metal or plastic ones. Hmm. A nine ply wooden arch. So uh, plenty you can do there to make it look really nice. I suppose uh, that's one. Of the, it could be one of the elements. Couldn't it? Oh, probably a very uh, earth-coloured wood, right? So, um, and that's basically all the news that yeah. I could find about uh, uh, Pinball Adventures. Uh, Indeed, but we keep an eye on uh, on them, and hopefully their games ship out soon. Um, at this point, I don't even know whether they have any distributors. But the good thing for them is, if they can crank games out, the demand for games from any manufacturer is extremely high, so this is a good time to start cranking out games. Yeah, as, we, as we've seen and we've heard, um, other companies are, are, are uh, being held back in their production by lack of part supplies, so uh, there is a, a big shortage and a big big number of back orders waiting to be filled. So yeah, anyone who has got games to sell, it's a, it's a seller's market. Right, so um, moving on to uh, another uh, new company that is uh, well has already gotten into uh, pinball, um, Bitronic, um, and uh, tied in with the uh, Quetzal Pinball from Spain, uh, where Quetzal did the design for uh, Super Hoop, mm -hmm. their uh, their new game. Um, we know that that game started shipping, and uh, the uh, the news that I can report is that uh, Freddy's Pinball Paradise in uh, Germany is uh, a distributor apparently, for uh, for that game. And they are now offering Super Hoop uh, for a, uh, uh, a tag price of uh, €5,795, including uh, VHE. 
which comes down to 6,195 uh, US dollars mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. to make a comparison, and uh, the interesting thing is that um, there's quite a few pictures uh, shown of the playfield on the uh, uh, the website of the uh, Freddy's Pinball Paradise uh, webshop, and uh, the game is already equipped with uh, Convolux plastic protectors. Um, I assume it takes some time to uh, to get these exactly correct. Uh, that they line up with the uh, the plastics on the game. Yeah, unless so, they were able to get the original um, uh, drawings. Drawing, yeah, drawings from uh, the manufacturer. Right, but then still you need them to okay, well, you need them to install them on the game, which yeah. is also another twenty minute job, I suppose. Uh, I've done them myself. Yeah, it takes a little bit longer than that, but it depends depends how the game's put together in the first place, and whether any of them are, only the sort of mounting screws are hidden under other mechs or anything right. like that. But uh, the game looks very nice. It's uh, mm, not it does. Not, the de- not the deepest game in the world. There are six modes to complete, um, and um, uh, can't wait to uh, to get my hands on one and play it. Um, but um, for those in Europe interested in buying one of those. Um, it's available at Freddy's Pinball Paradise. Yes, that the address uh, will be shop dot freddy's f r e w d y s dash pinball dash paradise dot d e for Deutschland. Right. Okay. So and that 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 sort of rounds it up. But we still have an interview to uh, to share with our listeners. We do. Um, this was um, this was prompted by two things really. Um, the first of which was the fact that uh, Rob Burke was uh, at the Dutch Pinball Museum, and, um, and that's where you went to see him, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and, um, and the second reason is the fact that Pinball Expo put out a, uh, an announcement that they are holding a new um, World Cup tournament, which I, I think we spoke about with David Fix earlier, as part of the, uh, the new features of Pinball Expo for this year. And that's on Thursday, the 20th of October, where teams of two, um, and a maximum of two teams per country, um, can uh, register and represent their nation in the in the new Pinball Expo World Cup tournament. But um, let's hear about more uh, more about what's going on with uh, with Pinball Expo and uh, Rob's other plans, uh, as you spoke to him at the Dutch Pinball Museum. Right. Let's uh, let me play that for you. So I'm here at the uh, Dutch Pinball Museum, and I ra- happen to run into Rob Burke, the uh, organizer of Pinball Expo, um, who is here uh, already for a few days uh, today in Rotterdam. But he also you're staying in Amsterdam right now, I understand. I am, yeah. Okay, so can you tell me quickly um, why you're here and uh, what exciting things are happening in your life? Well, that's a great question. So um, there's a trade show called the Private Label Show in Amsterdam, and I wanted to go to it, so I figured, let me tie in some other visits with this trip. So I ended up going to Italy, Milan, and I hooked up with the people with, uh, they're building the uh, Pinball Brothers game, Alien. Yeah, Pedretti Gaming. Pedretti Gaming, yep. So I, I, went I also there. heard you hooked up with Antonio Ramuni. Yes, you are correct. Your intel is excellent. So, 
we're there for a couple of days, and, or one day, and or actually that night we took a drive down to Bologna to have dinner with Tony Ramuni. Right. Been trying to get him to come to Pinball Expo since he was a baby. So finally, hopefully, he, this is the year he's going to say, yes, okay, I'll come. But that was a great visit. I hadn't seen him 20, 30 years. My gosh, it's ridiculous. Right. And um, from there, where, where did I go next? I have no idea. <laughs> I think you went to Amsterdam. Or I did. did. You go, did you go to France or Germany first? No, no, France or Germany, but I went to Amsterdam for the trade show. So I figured since I'm here, let me hook up with some people. I was hoping to see Robin. From, from Pinside. Pinside. That didn't happen. And uh, I saw Coos. Yeah, Coos Huckford. On the, the, the back glass king. Yes. And that was very great and interesting. And then I met Melvin Williams. and uh, Prototype collector. Yep, prototype collector here in, 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 in town here. And then I met up with uh, Max. Right. Rogums. Rogums? Yeah, Rogums. okay. But nonetheless, uh, he had a wonderful collection. Yeah. And I'll tell you Max what. Max is the guy who got, uh, uh, with his team, got Ma uh, Magic Girl right. working. What's amazing to me, though, is how rich the industry is in this part of the world, including Italy. And, and uh, I just never realized that there was that many people, diehards, that were into pinball in a big way. It's a small community, but yet it's a big community. And there's some serious collectors here. Oh, yeah. But all have been very friendly to have you come down. I heard you came six and a half hours to see me one way. So, I mean, that's you, I mean that's pretty great. One and a half hours. But I appreciate seeing you. So, it, it, oh, yeah, well, it was like a home homecoming. You know? How could I pass up the new opportunity? You know, yeah. you're not here every day. So, so um, obviously, uh, most people know you from uh, Pinball Expo, uh, the show that you have been organizing for 37 years now. Yeah. The 38th edition coming up. Is there already anything you can say about it other than that it will be fantastic and everybody needs to be there? Well, you know, um, last year we moved to a new location and we had a wall that separated the, the two uh, uh, exhibition halls. This year the wall's going down, so we're going to have 70,000 square feet of, of vendors. And we have a lot of vendors that didn't come last year because of COVID and so forth that are coming this year. My guess is we're going to have between five and seven pinball manufacturers there. So it, it, it should be quite large. And it will be representative from manufacturers from coast to coast and all over the world. So there'll be a, there's still a lot in, in, the, in, the, in the works, but it should be a very exciting event. Right. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, it's the second week of October? Yeah, October 19th to the 22nd. Third week. October yeah, so I, I try to make it so you could make it, you could attend. So hopefully this will be the <laughs> Okay, well, there's currently no COVID restrictions, so that's one blockade. One positive, but you know, with Chicago, who knows? Yeah, so. Um, and then something that you mentioned uh, uh, earlier on, which uh, I'll repeat for uh, our listeners. Um, you're working on opening up a location of your own. I am. So, you know, all these years, I've been collecting since the mid-70s. So you bring out your calculator, you know, it's like 50 years. And the games are just sitting there. And I have a certain number of games in my home. And some people have seen the YouTube of my home. But I figured, why don't I bring these games somewhere where everyone can enjoy them? So I built a, or bought a grocery store at 30,000 square feet. 
been spending so much time the past year tearing it down, getting it out, cleaning it out, replacing roofs, which is not cheap, putting up signage and so forth, with the hope of uh, opening up to the general public. And this will be called Past Times. And it'll hopefully be open sometime in the fall, when I don't know. But it'll be all aspects of pinball, from pre-flipper to flipper, um, all aspects of the video games, Pac-Man era and so forth. And uh, there'll be a lot of games there. Between the video and the pinball, probably uh, around five to 600 games. So, you know, it'll be a situation where you pay one price to get in. And anyone that's listening to this podcast, if you come to the to our venue and mention you heard me in the podcast, you get in for free. So, wow, that's uh, exciting news. Let's see if people remember yeah. by the time you open. Um, so, uh, that location we're currently sitting in the uh, uh, the, the sort of restaurant slash living room area in the uh, Dutch Pinball Museum in Rotterdam. Uh, this museum, besides having a large pinball collection, which is uh, uh, very interesting, it's also very decorative. There's uh, lots of decorations over here. Is that something that you plan to do with pastimes as well? I do. And um, some of the ideas they, they've used here I've thought about using, but they've really uh, expanded it to a whole new level. They have done a fantastic job of making it very comfortable and very interesting and very educational. Uh, th this is the complete package here, and anyone that's listening to this that have never been here, they've got to see it to believe it. Okay, so okay, so we got Pinball Expo coming up, and hopefully you'll open your own location uh, around the same time. Yeah. Uh, I expect there will be flyers for the new location at Pinball Expo. Yes, there will be, yeah. And, um, okay, well, let's round this up right now. Um, greetings from the Dutch Pinball Museum, from Jonathan Houston and... Rob Burke, it was here. Thank and you I, for... I was going to say, I thank you for uh, seeing me today and coming here to visit with me. You're very welcome. And I welcome all of my our listeners, your listeners, to come to the Expo. We would love to see you. And with COVID being gone, it's going to be much easier for everyone to uh, come there and have a good time. Right. Well, I... Uh, I suppose a lot of people didn't see the new location yet due to COVID. So if there's no new outbreak, um, I encourage everybody to uh, to come to Schaumburg and uh, check it out. You know, one thing we're going to do is we're going to extend the vending hours. It seems like the number one complaint is more hours, longer hours. So we will be doing that. We're going to have the seminars, of course, but perhaps less seminars and more vendor uh, time to say these things. Plus, you're going to see... Um, If all goes well, well, we'll be touring Stern again. And Stern is just getting, you know, bigger and bigger by the day with what they're doing and what they're producing. And then, uh, you know, it's it's a, the industry is on fire right now, to put, to put it bluntly. Well, in multiple ways, I suppose. I mean, the business is booming, but at the same time, the supply chain issues are also causing internal fire, so to speak. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, but anyway, thank you for your time, and uh, it was great seeing you. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you in the fall. So there you go. Thank, thanks for doing that interview, Jonathan. Um, oh, you're very welcome. Uh, unfortunately, I had gone back from the from the Netherlands just uh, a few days earlier than, than that. I wasn't able to uh, to get down there and and, uh, and join the two of you. Uh, but some good news for anybody who uh, wants to go 
to visit the uh, Rob's new pastimes operation, uh, which we think is in uh, Warren, uh, in Ohio, which yeah. is uh, where, where, in, Rob's in home, area. Where, where Rob's home is. Um, so, yeah, just say you heard about it on uh, on this uh, Pinball Magazine and Pinball News pincast, and uh, you can get in for free. Yeah, but it still will take uh, probably around Expo time before that opens. So, uh, uh, busy busy weeks or months ahead for uh, for Rob Burke uh, finishing Indeed. all that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so I guess the other bit of news, which uh, which we also touched on earlier, actually, was about the IFPA World Championships at uh, Pinball Asylum in in Fort Myers in Florida. Um, the new world champion there is uh, Eric Stone, who. Uh, you may or may not know is a is a well-known TV personality in in uh, in the area because he's a weather presenter on the local TV station down there. And um, having won, he was then interviewed and talked about his his win on the uh, on the local news and was there with his uh, his very impressive uh, I don't know, huge great trophy that he won for being world champion. So uh, congratulations to Eric. And to all yeah. those who won tournaments there, and uh, hope everybody enjoyed themselves. You know, it's hard, hard to imagine you didn't. It looked like a great location, and uh, and in a, in a great uh, great part of the world. Right. Okay. So, and that rounds it up for the month of May, the uh, pinball does. industry news. Yep. Um, so we're heading into June, and uh, we're expecting a at least one. Uh, new game reveal, but uh, who knows? If uh, Bunny Factory ships, then we might have two, or uh, well, who knows what happens? Well, there might be other manufacturers as well announcing their, their next title. So, uh, yeah, we're still waiting for Homepin as well. And um, well, uh, we have a well, of course, we have inside internal info that we can't share yet, but uh, there might be. More news coming this month, so it looks like it's going to be a very exciting month. Yes, so we look forward to joining you at the end of June, the start of July, probably the first day of July, when we'll be looking back at all those exciting events that happened in in, the, in this month. Uh, so until then, um, from uh, from me, uh, I'm uh, Martin Ayer, the editor of Pinball News, and from uh, Jonathan. Who yeah, that's me, the editor of Pinball Magazine. We wish you a very happy June, and we'll see you next month. Thank you. Bye-bye.